hello everyone. Did you miss us? I bet you did. It's been a while. Let's just check in. What have you been up to? I guess the biggest the biggest new thing that has arisen, which I am super happy about, uh, I did start working again. Um, I am now, I am no longer furloughed. I am back at my office job for a court reporting agency that I work for. And it feels really good to be back. And I feel really safe. It's just me and my office manager. And I, I, I feel really safe uh, going back. I'm happy to have a routine again. And and to uh, just feel like I have, just feel like I have a routine, a schedule, and and just something. So it's so that's been pretty good. Uh, so that, and two shows that I'm in. I forget if I mentioned this in previous episodes. That's how long I feel like it's been. <laughs> uh, so this Saturday I will be in a one night only virtual Philly Fringe mm. show that is through Tribe 12, which is the Young Professional Jewish Organization in Philly. And it's called Schmaltz Lightning, and it's a parody of Greece. And instead of taking place at Rydell High School, it is taking place at an overnight camp, a Jewish overnight camp called Camp Dreydel. It's going to be pretty funny, and it'll be a nice break from the craziness of the world. And and yeah, and it's also free. So shameless plug, if you guys have nothing to do on a Saturday night and you don't feel like partaking in the outdoor or indoor dining or what what have you, you can always partake in free Philly Fringe, but I virtually. Like Our listeners can't can't see my face, my reaction right now, but my reaction is like, I don't even need to think of a, of a Yiddish word of the day because it your show is called Schmaltz Lightning. <laughs> yeah. And in case no one knows what schmaltz is, our listeners, uh, schmaltz is, it's chicken fat. Back in the day, um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's an Eastern European thing or, or what region it started from, but Amy, I'm sure your great grandmom or whoever cooked with schmaltz with chicken fat. I don't know what it replaced like what is kind of used now in replacing of that probably just less fat <laughs> probably less fat i mean the life expectancy was probably very young back then because everything was made with lard chicken lard but um but it's interesting because schmaltz is also used to describe like someone that's schmaltzy i guess like someone like swarmy or over the top yeah um so that's that's an interesting kind of a a tie-in but uh but yeah it's fun time yeah just you're a little extra i like that just (laughs) it's like a little unnecessary but it's appreciated yeah it's it's not good it's not bad it's just you you extra (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness all right that's awesome I'm so happy that you're like involved in all these things and you have a routine again um I I don't have a routine but I'm doing things I have so I am involved in a fringe show uh with a really cool company called um it gets worse but then theater company and they're doing a um fringe show called play paint pass and it's all virtual so a lot of it's involved with the um the creation end of things um as well as the performance so it's starting with an improv workshop that i'm actually hosting uh in two days from now so it'll be on the as I, I know this, I know this, but my head doesn't know what day it is currently. Um, no one knows what day it is. It's totally fine. It'll be on the 10th. It'll be on the 10th of September. Um, and that is going to be at night, um, a improv workshop. And then from that improv workshop, artist number one, who also happens to be me, will be making art of some kind. I have no idea what type of art I will make. Um, it might be a song. It might be screaming at a wall. Who knows? Um, I'll record it and it'll become art. And, um, Artist number two makes art based off of mine, and three makes it off of two, four based off of three, five based off of four, and then the playwrights who run the company are all writing a play inspired by our collective art, which was initially inspired by my improv workshop. Um, So I'm involved in that. I'm also involved in another Fringe production. I'm not sure the exact date, but it's with Sewer Rats Productions, and that's called Pompeii. Um, so that'll be coming up later in September as well. And I'm going to people's fringe shows virtually. Um, I've been baking a lot with my dad. We just made cheesecake. 
Um, mm-hmm. Peach cheesecake. My stomach is so happy because my friend Eric from Improv, um, he made me a burger because I, I was complaining how I haven't had a burger since before quarantine. And now I have. And I'm, I'm just, my stomach is very happy. I've had cheesecake oh. and burger. <laughs> that's a very, that's a very epic day food wise. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, that's, that's pretty dandy to me. So yes, thank you, Eric. Shout out to you, sir, for whipping up that, that burger for Amala over thank here. You. Thank you for the burger. I've had, I'm, it's, it's fun. I got a nice little weird underground, um, food delivery thing going on with a couple friends here and there. So it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> so great because they bring you things and in exchange, they get to have some of like you and your dad's creations yeah. from your cooking show and I think it's a great setup I mean you take advantage world (laughs) if you know where Amy lives (laughs) I'm not even asking for these things like I don't expect it it's just like every now and then it'll happen and it's like the most fun little surprise um so I got that going for me um just it's just been a busy a busy time lots of things happening lots of jobs to apply for um I actually do want to talk a bit about that if that's if that is fine. Please um, do. I know you were saying that you've been applying a lot. Quite a few of our friends have been applying a lot. And, and um, you were telling me the, the trials and tribulations of just finding a darn tootin' job, even though you are a college graduate. So yeah, take it away, Amy. What, what is this experience like now during quarantine? <laughs> so I'm a picky person. Uh, I'm a very picky person. However, I'm broadening my horizons. Um, and so it's interesting to me I have friends and family who, who throughout the time had no idea that I would be open to something outside of theater. And I'm like, well, not, I, I could not have possibly been looking for a full-time job in theater because that, that wasn't existing. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do really anything of something I care about. So I've been applying to um, mostly jobs that either I know people who work at that um, I already know the company is, is a really, a really good reputable company. Um, or it's a company or an agency that does some work that I really, really believe in. Um, one of the interesting ones uh, was, uh, I believe in, in people who do good work. And I, I applied for uh, Habitat for Humanity. And I had no idea that um, their number one core value was love for Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm not saying I don't love Jesus. I just don't love Jesus in the way they love Jesus just because I'm Jewish. I didn't, you know, I'm not raised to believe that, you know, Jesus is like my savior, like, but I, there's nothing, you know, against that. And that's a very good motivation for them to do good work. And my motivation is unemployment. And Jesus's motivation was also unemployment. So you know what? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Um, so I've, I've been applying several places. That was just a fun little tidbit example um, because I applied to that job and a Jewish organization in the same day. And I was like, well, <laughs> It's gonna keep, it's gonna go one way or the other. Um, either way, I I'm trying to to keep within the realm of at least working for something I believe in because I am an extremely hard worker. Um, but it's a lot more fun for me and everyone else around me if I'm enjoying my job. Um, so that being said, I'm on LinkedIn a ton, and I've decided that LinkedIn recruiters are like my dating life because <laughs> they're just non. It's first of all, it's non-existent, but second of all. LinkedIn, so I'll reach out to a LinkedIn recruiter and then they'll be like, oh, nice to meet you. And then they'll never say anything again. Um, So that's one way in which it's kind of like dating life. The second way is sort of just the fact that some people think that LinkedIn is used for dating. And so I'll get weird, creepy messages being like, hi, I know this is a little unconventional, but I found you and you look like you, you have a lot of drive and ambition. I was wondering if we could like talk and maybe get to know each other. I'm like, that's not, that's not what this platform is for. And then the other one is just bots. Like I'm getting all these like recruiter bots that aren't real. Well, they might be based in real people, but they're like generic. You seem like you'd be, this is nothing against Target. This is a pure example. I have not gotten any of these from Target. Just, I looked at something in my room that was from Target and it made me think of it. Um, Where it'll be like, hypothetically, oh, Amy, why? Question mark, because they're not sure if that's my last name or my middle name or what it is, because they just enter something into a template. Amy, why? Would you like 
to have money at the convenience of your own home? Well, this job is perfect for you. We'll hire you tomorrow. Come be a sales rep at Target. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I get those from like Target, McDonald's, like these are the types of places. And I'm like, I just, I want to work somewhere where I want to. And these, these aren't real people. These are robots. And it's just a lot of sifting through different things. Um, so who knows? Who knows? It's just very frustrating. Um, and I'm making the most out of it. Yeah. And and I can imagine how annoying it must be. And I'm sure the creators of LinkedIn are just sitting in their penthouses like, oh, yes, now we're going to be the most visited website besides Indeed.com. Because like everyone, everyone and their Aunt Sally is trying to find work. And it's it's really funny that you mentioned that someone hit you up like kind of shadily like, yo, girl, you're kind of cute. I was wondering if like LinkedIn would be like trying to expand their brand and have like a dating portion kind of like Facebook now has a dating ex like external site or whatever I don't know anyone that has actually tried it but I got asked out on Yelp twice and I thought that was weird but oh, I remember that. yeah there was one guy named Dennis um I mean he just liked my my review of a place that doesn't exist anymore and uh, he's like yo uh maybe we can you know uh, grab a beer and hang out sometime and then there was this other guy that asked me out on yelp and i i think he commented on some review i said i said oh i went on a date here like me and my boyfriend uh, blah 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 we had a really good hamburger or beer or whatever and then this guy is like Oh, so uh, I saw in your review that, you know, you like went on a date and I'm like curious, maybe you're still like, you know, dating around. And I'm like, dude, I literally just said my boyfriend dot 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 in a review. Like, at least read the full review before you like try to like hop on my dick. I just am amazing. I just imagine that they're looking at Yelp being like, hmm, well, this girl left a review four months ago. Mm. That's enough time. I'm sure she's not with him anymore. Like, what? <laughs> oh, and Amy, what else were you were saying? Like, the minimum requirements that are needed now to apply for a job? Like, you can't just have, like, an associate's degree from, like, DeVry yeah. University. Like, what, what have you recently found that was really funny? So, I have a, uh, a Bachelor of Arts. I'm literally looking at it. A Bachelor of Arts degree from Temple University. Um, and also, oddly enough, an honorary bachelor's degree from my high school, which is Central in Philadelphia, which is a whole thing. I can go into that maybe even in our next episode. Um, hmm. I can go into that, I'm sure, within our, in our next episode. Um, but I do have a bachelor's degree from a very well-developed university. And um, it used to be that that's what you needed. And I think the world is just sort of changing. And it, now it's sort of who you know. And also what degree you had. So I have a bachelor's degree, which people usually get to get entry-level jobs, which will then go from entry to a middle to a higher position, maybe even to a director or a CEO position from there. But I was looking at one job and I, um, I'm not going to disclose where it was. It was a very uh, well-known place um, of health and <laughs> it was a health place. And uh, what you needed was uh, at least a, uh, a master's, it said uh, master's or doctorate. And I was like, okay, well, this job then isn't for me. Why did it come up in my potential things? And I realized because it said entry level position. And I get it. I get it. People are telling me, don't worry. That's just not, that's just to scare you off, which might be true. But that's also really belittling for the dude out there with a master's degree. <laughs> Who yeah, I don't like, are they really trying to, like, scare and weed people out because the economy's in the shitter now? And they're like, all right, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I have friends who work in HR, and they were like, that's rude. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's everywhere, but it is, it's definitely something that I've come across. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be something out there for me. I, I love theater and I love the fact that I can do so much theater semi-professionally on the side so that I don't feel like I'm ever leaving the theater. It's, it's a community that I feel like I'm, 
I'm always going to be a part of, fortunately, because of where I've worked for so long and who I know and who I'm friends with. And I, I want to start my own theater company one day. It's just, I'm no longer afraid of seeing what else is possible. Um, but I do want to stay within the, within the creative thinkers or at least good doers of the world. That is really awesome that, you know, you're, that, that you're just so open to branching out. I feel like we put ourselves in this box. Like I majored in English. I need to be a teacher. And people just assume that, you know, that's the only thing that they can do. Mo most often, I feel like a lot of people uh, change careers and, you know, how relevant, I mean, you know, us being in our late 20s, I don't think yeah. it's, it's strange at all. It's just, you know, even when you're in your 30s or 40s, people are constantly reevaluating. And, and like you said, you are just so immersed in the arts community, and you'll probably be doing side projects and being active, you know, with Bright Invention and, and improv and, mm -hmm. and all those things that you do. It'll never, like, not be a part of you. Yeah. And also on top of that, the fact that I am still invested in doing something for people who do good. Like, I want to work in, specifically, I want to work in development um, for different organizations that promote things that I enjoy. Um, but I'm also interested in, in, you know, project management or program coordinator, um, roles like that where I can, I can learn and grow. Like, it, it, I'm also under the impression that live theater isn't going to happen for quite some time. And if it does happen, you know, tomorrow, it's probably not going to be very safe. And I don't want to be a part of that. Um, I want to be a part of the arts community that's trying to preserve the arts and trying to get the arts funded because that's what really needs to happen versus mm -hmm. actual performance itself. Like why we need to start caring about the people who do it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting because our podcast is called two years till 30. And when we made this podcast, this is not something I thought we would ever get to touch on. So it's interesting. So I guess touching on theater again, since it is so important to us, I, I recently, I've been coming across like a couple of Facebook posts from uh, other friends of mine that are in the theater community. And it's something that I've been thinking about too. The whole concept of, of us being, you and I are both involved in virtual performances. And in the beginning, like I know I was super excited about it. I was just happy to have an opportunity again, even though you can't physically be with people. And I know for me, the physical contact and the feeding off of your scene partner in the audience is so much a part of what, why I love to do live yeah. theater. And I, I recently saw a post from a friend of mine saying how, you know, they, they might want to take a step back and like a break from theater for a while, even though, you know, it's it's been fun and all to be doing these online shindigs, but it's just, it's kind of, I think for some people it's almost like a little depressing that it's just not the same. And I'm trying to figure out where I am. Like, I know there's a part of me that's happy to be still involved, even though it's on Zoom. But then on the other hand, to quote Tevya, on the other hand. On the other um, hand. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof, that was a Fiddler on the Roof reference for all of you who. Uh, I, I hope I hope someone got it out there. But anyway, oh, but yeah, I think that there's a, another part of me that is kind of wondering. It's not the same joy factor, and I'm also starting to wonder if I might also just after I perform, I, I'm also involved in a, in a production with Pulling and Buttonhole Theater. I've been doing a lot of good work with them for the past four or five years in uh, a play called The Night Witches. And it's been a really great experience. But I think after that, I'm wondering if I, I feel like I too need to take a step back and being on Zoom for so long is in a weird way draining. Even though I used to complain about certain commutes to the suburbs for rehearsals or auditions, but in a way, in a weird way, it's almost more exhausting to be sitting in front of a computer screen, even though your commute is getting from your couch to like a chair. I roll and, over, I'm like, oh, I have to roll yeah. over. Oh. Yeah, I just don't know if, I, I, I don't wanna be pessimistic. I think it's amazing that we're all finding ways to still stick with it, but it's just, oh, it's, nothing will ever be, it's not going to be the same and it's the new normal for now, but I know eventually 
things will come back. And yeah. if we're just smart about it now, we can come back with vengeance and it'll be great. But yeah, so I don't know. How do you feel about it? Are you feeling like optimistic about the online Zoom things that you're doing? Or are you also getting kind of like, oh, I'm like slightly over it. It was exciting in the beginning. Yes and no. But also, wait, going back to the very first thing you were saying about how you don't know where you stand on that spectrum of like, giving up theater right now or staying with it. It's it's just fascinating to me, first of all, that people are trying to figure out if they're giving up theater or not. Because in my mind, theater kind of, I don't know, sounds depressing, theater gave up on me. It was COVID. COVID changed my life, basically, um, and made me no longer work at a theater. And in my mind, originally, I was like, ah, oh, I have to prove to people I haven't yet left the theater community. And then I realized I've done more theater in my entire life during COVID than I have had while I worked at a theater. Um, and so I definitely don't think I'm taking a step back from, from theater. In terms of how do I feel about the Zoom theater, I definitely miss in-person theater, but I think Zoom is a really interesting medium um, because you can decide the type of thing you want to do. Um, for instance, I've been involved in one thing which was strictly all pre-recorded and it had to look pretty and it had to be that um and then there's this other hand oh god here we go again on the other hand on the other hand <laughs> on the other that hand. should be the name of the podcast it, hashtag on the other hand oh it will it will guys when you when you see the podcast and it's called hashtag on the other hand and you're like hmm i wonder why this is why um mm -hmm. what was the other hand again the other hand was that there's a version of Zoom recordings, which is not pre-recorded. And that idea is quote unquote, I'm doing like air quotes, raw in a way, like raw theater, sort of like, let's do something unrehearsed and snappy. And if the tech breaks, the tech breaks, that's live theater folks um, sort of feel. So I, I do miss live theater in the fact that it's live theater and that's, that's what I love. But I don't think Zoom theater is not theater. I just think it's a different art form entirely. Um, I'm, I am really excited to get back to live theater, but those people who say that they're giving up theater right now while they're doing tons of Zoom shows, sorry guys, I don't think you're giving up theater because theater kind of had to stop because of everything. So um, I think we're kind of all in the same place. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a great message. I mean, it's just kind of like this trope of, yeah, like, if you're an artist, if you're an actor, even if you're not doing something that you think is like what a true theater show should be, or like, oh, this isn't, this is just a, a student film. This isn't like a big production. It, it's still, you're still collaborating. You're still working with people. And Amy, I think it's great that, you know, you're finally getting, now you have the time to, to perform. And I, I remember you saying for the past few years, like you didn't always have that time because, you know, you're just, you know, trying to, put some you know money in your pocket you know like the rest of the world needs to do and I mean, I still and yeah. That. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but the u.s healthcare system i could have a one person episode with myself just explaining my frustration with the healthcare situation in america and i i don't think that there's enough bandwidth for me to even begin <laughs> Um, and like how that ties in with just unemployment and also systemic racism. It's just, it's all in there. And I've just, I've witnessed so much in the past couple of weeks. Um, we go off. <laughs> every time I get something in the mail from any health insurance type agency or assistance program, I have a mini heart attack because I'm like, oh, what, what happened now? Sort of thing. Um, even today I got something in the mail that I was supposed to get a month and a half ago saying I have money that was due that I already paid because I was pro I was proactive and called and was like hey don't I owe money and they were like yeah you're supposed to get this thing in the mail but you know the mail and I'm like I hate that that's an ex I hate that's a problem it's it's uh don't even everything is extra complicated now things take longer things that are important and the mail yeah that's definitely one of them it's Too just schmaltz schmaltz it's unnecessary and extra and i don't i i don't know i i understand that it, and even like the thing with like you know the trash getting collected like not on your trash day i mean whatever like that's 
peanuts compared to like the bigger problems of the world. But, but yeah, I, I also know other people that are going through the same situation with, with the healthcare. And cause in a few months, I think open enrollment is already going to happen at least for Obamacare. I, I still call it Obamacare. And I, I remember when I first turned 26, I was very overwhelmed because, you know, they don't teach us these useful things in school. They just assume that you're going to get a job that gives you benefits and you don't have to worry about it. The, your employer is going to give it to you. And I'm like, hi, we went to theater school. So yeah. Can yeah. you, can you explain that one to me? Yeah, and it's it's frustrating too because no one explained, I mean, I'm not blaming anyone for this. No one explained how to deal with healthcare during COVID because mm. it never existed. So it's it's like uh, I, I used to be on Marketplace when I was 26 and well, before I was 26 and now we're 28. But I was like, oh, okay, I have to go back on Marketplace. Let me Let me reapply. Nothing is the same. It's like, oh, you have Medicaid. Oh, but you have COBRA, but you have both, but you might not be able to use both, but you might run out of one, but you might get to keep both. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I, um, yeah, nothing, nothing's ever taught like that. Oh, really quick. I did want to say uh, something before we switch topics from the whole like job and money situation. I don't know how to pronounce this and I should. It's either Miyazaki or Miyazaki. Um, if you know who that is, they did Spirited Away. Um, and there's these really weird, interesting cartoon monster creatures. Um, and this idea I have in my head of whenever the first big theater job gets posted again will be like, imagine just hands, like really long, dark, like fingernails and long hands, all like millions of them just stretching out into, no one can see me right now but you, but stretching out <laughs> into the into the world, just trying to grab this one little um, job. So imagine the job is like one little grain of rice that exists in the entire world. And they're all reaching out to grab this one little grain of rice that symbolizes like the hope left in theater. Um, and that's kind of how I feel when the first big theater job is going to be posted again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good image. And I can totally see it. Just a bunch of like uh, all the creepy hands of all the unemployed theater people, aka every theater person, just trying to grab that first admin job or that yeah. first in-person role. It's, it's, it's going to be a shit show, basically. I can, I can post on our, on our Instagram uh, for our, for our few followers. So if you're listening and you, you have friends who are not following us or you're not following us, follow us anyways, um, at two years till 30, but I want to post a picture of, uh, just Miyazaki monster characters. And then also a friend of mine, when I described this, he sent me what his mind went to. So I'll post that as well. Nice. Yes. Follow us on the Instagram. I, I need to do better at like pimping us out more. Yeah, I mean the best way is probably you know just to ask our our friends. Speaking of our uh, our lovely friends, let's take this lovely little segue here. Sam and I have so many friends that are not friends with each other, but mm -hmm. they all kind of know. Well, I was gonna say they all kind of know each other, but that's not true. They all kind of know me. I feel like, yeah, a, a lot of my friends from high school, at least like the few like close ones I have, they know who you are and you've been in like the similar circles with them, like mm -hmm. hanging out or, or what have you. But yeah, like I, I feel like the, the gals and guys that we have met, I guess through acapella, the highlights and, and all that, it, that's like one circle. Okay. And then there, and then the uh, tribe 12 people and then the outside groups. So it's, it kind of intersects if you want to like with, you know, that whole Venn diagram thing. But then, yeah, there are definitely some outliers that probably are like, who is this person? Yeah, for sure. But we have our, our little group chat. Um, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, because I don't, I don't know everyone's friend dynamics. Everyone's friend group dynamic is different. Um, but let's, Sam, do you want to explain our, our friend group dynamic? Because we love them so much and we want to, uh, to pay a tribute to the aesthetic that our group chat has. 
I mean, the only way I can really explain these group chats that have been just going off the rails recently, yeah. it's just, it's so erratic. Like, yeah. our attention spans, we, we can't stay on one topic for more than, like, a couple text exchanges. Someone will be like, hey, ladies, who wants to hang out at Rittenhouse? I know that we say we're going to do it, but then we never do. So, like, yeah, who's free on Thursday? And then... No one, one will us, answer. No one will answer for, like, a day. And but then the next day... <laughs> someone will send a picture of a dog. Oh, yeah, there's always that one person in everyone's friend group that just either posts pictures of their newborn child, which no one in our friend group, at least in this particular instance, has a newborn child. That's true. Uh, Either of children, yes, uh, a lot of random pictures of dogs. So it'll be like, yeah, that, like, who wants to hang out? Guys, do you believe in soulmates will come up next? What what else do we talk about? Well, like, I made a Facebook post about it of, like, a loose example. Like, one friend will be like, oh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, we talk about such crazy things, and we can't stay on topic. We so, really- like you said, it'll be, like, one person asking if who wants to hang out? No one responds. And then someone will bring up something completely random. Like, guys, I think I saw a Phillies player the other day. And then everyone will just be talking about that for a minute. And then you'll get the dog picture. And then someone will be like, guys. Look at this meme. <laughs> look at this meme. Um, that one's me usually. And then, then the next one an hour later will be like, guys, do you believe in, like, reincarnation? And it'll just, it, it'll go, like, super deep, and then it'll be back to, okay, so... This boy is cute. I saw him across the street. Cute. How can we find out his name? <laughs> or, like, I pet a cat today. My day is a great day. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it's funny. I think it's funny, I think is the word for it. It's just so, we just, we all love each other, and we all care about each other so much. But because of COVID and because our lives are so sporadic, I think our chats are so sporadic. Yeah. Um, because like, as you said, we don't even always fully, fully answer the question. Like someone will ask, hey, who's free? No one will say anything. But instead, it'll be like, look at this animal. Oh, wow, that's cute. And then as a response to the like, what are you doing today? The response will be like, like you said, something deep. Like if you were reincarnated as another animal, what animal would you be? Yeah. And the response to that will be, look at this pepperoni pizza. Like It is really insane. And this is all sober, by the way. Yeah. Uh, at least I think everyone is at what that was point. answer to the question, though, to um, if you were reincarnated as an animal, what animal would you be and why? Oh, boy. I don't even know how I would answer that. It's like, I don't know, something really random, but cute. Like something soft and fluffy, but just so like out of place like maybe like a a cat with like a three-legged cat like i don't know it it would be so bizarre um just like an adorable cat with like a little nub for one of its arms my friend emily hi emily stein i love you she has a cat a three-legged cat and i'm obsessed with like i haven't seen this cat in a while i haven't seen her in a while obviously but i just remember this little like little nub (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just, oh my god, I just want to hold a cat now. Oh my god, guys. My uh, producer from my old work, I uh, had a, a three-legged dog, and her name is Sally, and I love Sally. Her breath smelled bad, but she was adorable, and she made up for it in love and kisses. Um, and I, she too had like a little, a little nub, and she just was so cute. And I remember before I left work, um, when I thought I was, um, when I thought I was like not going to see everyone again, as a joke, I remember looking at Sally and being like, Sally, I love you. I'm going to miss you most of all. And so it's funny. I didn't get to say goodbye to like the coworkers and managers and all that, but I said bye to the dog, which if you know me is the most fitting, ironic thing that could have possibly ever happened. But yeah, that that dog sounds amazing. And yeah, there's just something about like strange things, strange three-legged animals that just get me, man. They get me. (laughs) Something, something about those three legs. Just that came out (laughs) really dirty. I'm so sorry. (laughs) 
I mean, it could be worse. I, I don't know. My mind didn't go there immediately, and normally it does. So, um, I, I, that's like I said earlier today. I was like, uh, I told a friend of mine, I was like, yeah, a friend of mine's making me a burger. I want that meat so bad. Not like that. It's not sexual. It might become sexual because that's how bad I want this burger, but that's completely irrelevant and separate. <laughs> Listen, um, food can be a very erotic experience. Yeah. Like just the, you know, you're using all of your senses to experience it. And, uh, you know, I think it can, it can send you to different places. Not to reference Twilight right now, because I haven't done that since high school, but um, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when... I hate myself right now. I hate myself. Okay, so you know when Bella <laughs> first became a baby vampire and she just like had bloodlust? That was me in this burger because I generally eat like a Mediterranean vegetarian with fish um, and occasionally, occasionally chicken uh, diet. So for me to like want a burger, it was just like this bloodlust situation. Um, speaking of Twilight, however, my uh, reincarnation animal, <laughs> going back to that, um, <laughs> would be a wolf. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Twilight was, listen, I might even like rewatch and reread it. I think the series, at least the movies, are on Amazon Prime. I have no shame. I might rewatch it. I don't care. Everyone likes a smutty vampire romance story. F it. It's great. My and I, yeah, when you told me about the burger and uh, your love and lust for it, I was going to actually ask you, like, Amy, when was the last time you've had red meat? Because that's normally, like, not, not your scene. Yeah. So uh, sometimes you just crave things, I guess. I, I don't think I've had it since um, January or February. It could have even been before then because um, I used to get it at work, but the place I would get the burgers from was a bit of a walk in the cold and I generally didn't and they were they were really good but they were um on like the slower side they took their time um so I I just I don't, I don't maybe 2019 hmm. I was very excited um and now I can go back to eating salads every day like a rabbit but I'm fine I had my fill um because <laughs> I'm secretly a vampire and also a wolf this is I said I didn't want to keep talking about Twilight, but I kind of want to tell my Twilight story now. <laughs> I didn't know you had a Twilight story. Now I think you need to share it. I was a Twilight hipster. I basically, you remember like Scholastic book um, sales? Oh yeah, absolutely. I like, love that shit. Those of you who don't know what a Scholastic book sale um, little magazine is, um, this is called Two Years Till 30, and you're there for too young to be listening. Um, <laughs> for those of you who do, uh, it's uh, basically when we were in school, I guess elementary through high school, there would be these little scholastic book fairs, and you can order books for relatively very low cost, and they would ship to your school, and then you'd be really happy to get a new book if you are like me and were super nerdy. Um, and I saw this book, and it was like, girl, falls in love with vampire who has a secret lust for her. And I was like, this is like my speed. So I got it and none of my friends ever heard of Twilight. And I was telling them all about this book. I remember bringing it with me to Hebrew school every single day and reading it on our break. Like most of my friends were reading Harry Potter. I read Harry Potter too, but I not like I read Twilight. Like I was like obsessed with that first book. And, um, I eventually found like other friends who were into it, but not as much as me. And the movie came out and I remember seeing the movie and being like, I don't really like this. <laughs> this wasn't very good. So I actually never read the entire series. I have the entire series, but I've never read it. I don't think I ever got to reading Breaking Dawn or whatever came after. Interesting. Yeah, I, I have all the books. They're still at like my parents uh house but yes uh they're proudly on display next to my harry potter collection mine are oh mine are hiding mine are hiding right now behind a um a bear that a friend of mine got me from when she was in london it's um it's called shakespeare oh maybe i should 
start, we should start posting pictures of things that we talk about in our episodes on our social, on the um, Instagram. So I'll, I'll take a picture of Shakespeare for everybody too. <laughs> That's a great idea, Amy. Anyways, before we wrap it up, um, it is crazy enough that it's that time of year again. It's high holidays. Oh boy. It's so crazy. I mean, it was just, it was just like March and then it was summer and now it's, it's still summer, but yeah, like for me the high holidays always i connected it with like fall and synagogue and getting a new outfit and and now it's just well i don't even know what i'm doing religion wise uh i'll just maybe i'll make a challah and dip some honey and uh di- yeah dip my apples and honey yum my dad and i are making uh challah and honey cake for all of my local relatives and all of my non-local relatives are so pissed at us <laughs> have burned you should have stayed in philly yeah. so i i got cousins in like uh i have cousins in atlanta cousins in uh, la cousins in texas they all hate me right now um but i love them <laughs> and um but yeah so that's something we're doing but it's it's weird because i i used to only go to my synagogue once or like i guess twice but like once as a hub um for my holidays. And I'd go to Kol Nidre, I'd go to um, Rosh Hashanah, and I'd go to Yom Kippur. And it's just like, that sort of like marked my time of the year. Like that was my, I don't know, I don't consider myself a very religious person, but that those this time of year means so much to me because of that experience. Um, I think because I tie it in with growing up and like adolescence kind of because of Hebrew school and like that's, that's my synagogue where I grew up and you know it's my like place where I quote unquote became a daughter of God whatever you know so I just I it's it means a lot to me and I am not going to be there which is very odd odd concept um so I'm doing other things but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem real like I told a couple friends that I was making um challah and honey cake for family and they were like oh my god I totally forgot that's what this time of year was um I think it'll hit me when I have apples and honey because that's like a taste, you know, like if you certain smells and certain tastes bring certain memories back. Oh, yes. So that's one of those. So I think I need apples and honey and then I'll be like, ah, it is fall now. Pumpkin spice and holidays are here. Yes, I totally, I totally agree with you on the adolescence thing. I, I just, I go back and I just remember waking up early and getting all dolled up and then you you go to services when you're young but also you kind of sneak outside in the hallway to socialize with your friends and it's just it's kind of like you know for a lot of people like you say it's the one or two times a year though people will go to the synagogue so they'll just you know show up in like the finest garb and it'll be like oh yes i uh, you know i belong here i haven't been here in a year but it really is a special time it, it, it's it's our it's the jewish new year yeah. and this whole we all are kind of doing new things every day with with this pandemic and just kind of really looking at ourselves i know there are times where i've let my frustrations just kind of you know, we've all been frustrated. We've all been feeling things and handling things a different way. But I always like to use this time to really think back on like how I've just been acting, how, how am I treating people? This is a time for me to like, you know, just like start fresh, you know, Jews don't have confessional. So this is like the one yeah. time a year where like really, you know, saying I, I am sorry and like lord please forgive me <laughs> for acting a fool um but yeah it's gonna it's gonna be rough not going into like there's just something about a sanctuary um you know the stained glass like a, a synagogue i just uh, the smell of a synagogue <laughs> really quick tidbit um when you said stained glass so those of us uh, those of us those of you who are listening um so where sam synagogue is is where i went to preschool and when i went to my first synagogue outside of preschool so like i didn't continue there i, I went to a different um synagogue um all I, the memory I had from preschool and kindergarten was the stained glass at Sam's synagogue. And mm. so I was this little kid who was entering Hebrew school in third grade at my old synagogue. And I went up to the rabbi and I was like, where's your stained glass? 
Oh my God. This isn't a real synagogue. It's stained. Where's the stained glass? And like, I haven't thought about that memory since I don't know when. And when you were like, oh yeah, it's like those memories and the stained glass. I was like, okay, good. So 28 years later, it's not just me. Like, Oh no, it is. It, it's everything. It's so yeah. <laughs> that is such a crazy memory. I, I love it. Like where's sassy little Amy? Uh, this ain't a real shul. I want some pretty things to look at. Didn't, I don't remember it, but it didn't have stained glass. It's now a, a, an Indian church um, near me. So I could probably ask people if they're stained glass now, but um, mm. I have lots of friends who belong there but um, for, for church. But my current synagogue does have stained glass doors. And I remember switching and like thinking back, being like, this is what I've wanted all <laughs> along. I can become it, a lot yes. here. <laughs> you are where you're meant to be now. <laughs> yeah oh man that's that for the high holidays i guess and fasting for yom kippur what a better way to already be suffering through quarantine than to yeah. not eat for 24 hours <laughs> I know. I, it's funny i um I, i'm actually teaching an improv class um that starts the day after yom kippur with my other friend uh who is also jewish and i was like just making sure we're not teaching hangry improv right this is not a we're not, we're not doing hang prov. That's, yeah, it's, I, it's going to be so weird because I associate, I associate, because I used to work constantly and I, I associate this time of year with time off that I have planned things. Like it's, it's scheduled, like services they are scheduled and this is serve like, and I don't have that. So will fasting bring me the same amount of joy as the taste of apples and honey? I don't think so, but also, I don't know. It'll, the whole idea of it's like repenting and I, I get that, but it's just, it feels so different this year. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I know I'm still going to fast. It'll yeah, be a little okay. different. Um, like you said, it'll be, it'll be different because it's like, oh, I feel like I, I didn't go to synagogue. Like, am I, am I earning it? But like, you know, we're doing the best we can with, yeah. you know, the, the hand that we're dealt in this craziness of life. Yeah. And I have one, one last memory I want to bring up before I, I shut up about the high holidays. I want to hear more. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know when this tradition started, and, but like every year, ever since, I guess I started fasting, maybe like, yeah, like after I was bought mitzvah or whatever. So on our way to like break the fast meal, like at a relative's house, my mom would always let, she would drop me and my sister Alexa off at a Dunkin' Donuts and we would always break the fast on like a pumpkin coffee. And yes. it, I forget when it started, but it probably hasn't even been like for that long, but maybe it has. And it's just something that like, I try to continue. Like I know the past few years when um, Lonnie would drop me and my sister off because like both of our, you know, his family, my family live in the same area. So like we would all like, he would take us all to Wawa and like we would like get pumpkin coffee. So and I, I also associate like all right, I'm breaking the fast maybe technically an hour earlier than I'm supposed to, but it's just pumpkin coffee. So it's just, it's another thing that just makes me kind of smile, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. And like, like you're smiling, literally just talking about it. Like, and I'm smiling because <laughs> I'm like, oh, like I have memories too. Um, yeah, no, it's, I love that so much because as you're saying this, I'm thinking, oh, right, breaking the fast. Like we're so hyper-focused right now on like uh, fasting during quarantine. But part of the reason I love this time of year so much is because it's the start of when I see family. And like, I just, I'm realizing this as we're talking, that's not happening this year. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I remember looking forward to Yom Kippur because after Yom Kippur means you can break it. And that's a big thing with family. And then I remember being, realizing, oh, there's not that much time between Yom Kippur and Thanksgiving, and I love Thanksgiving. And I remember saying, oh, I'm so excited for this thanks upcoming Thanksgiving because it's going to be so great because there's going to be, like, no more COVID, and it's just gotten progressively worse. <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess, and, you know, maybe yeah. things will hopefully get a little bit better, and the fall holidays will not... It will not be ruined. We will, we will make, 
we will we shall make it as fun as we can there's like super sweet things you can do like i have a friend who um i hope he doesn't mind me talking about this but i have a friend who you know he'll he'll send text messages to friends like either friends he's still you know in touch with or friends that he hasn't talked to in a while just you know saying new year sort of repenting this is what i do um and i think it's really 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 sweet that he does that um and meaningful and i just think the world needs a little bit of that i think the world needs the yom kippur <laughs> yes the war part that's historic but like we just need we just need to just not eat for a day get really hangry and then just eat food and then yeah i I'm very food centric tonight. I realize this. Oh, it's great. You got to, you know, take it and run with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that's a good way to, I guess, kind of like, you know, conclude that that segment of the high holidays in a way. It's I think we all just need, you know, to reset. And, you know, when you fast, it's obviously not comfortable, but sometimes you need to be uncomfortable and mm -hmm just so you can put things in a perspective and and just focus on something that's not just about you even though we need to take care of ourselves especially you know during the pandemic and you know all, all the things that are consequences but yeah, yeah exactly. the I world think, needs a young people <laughs> i think that's great um i think that's a great note to end on as well um so I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. And I think that uh, we actually have another great one planned coming up soon. That'll be a little bit different as well. So I'm hoping that um, if you have any questions or want to say hi or want to contribute something, um, please let us know, email us, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I still really, really am looking forward to the fall because Maybe we can do a spooky podcast. Yay. Um, so that's to come as well. But until then, see ya. Shalom, everyone. Have a lovely evening. Shalom, peeps.